Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm very excited to bring in our guest in a moment. But first, I must catch up with producer Tony Thaxton and find out how he has been. Tony, did you notice that I didn't make reference to your nickname? The bad boy of podcasting, which the nickname that you gave yourself. Oops, there well, I just did it. Uh, yeah, now it doesn't count. So that's so much for that. How's it going? I, I appreciate the thought, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I appreciate your appreciation of it, but I don't deserve said appreciation. All right, I'll take it back then. <laughs> uh, to answer your question, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, busier than usual. Suddenly getting a little busy. Busy day today. This is already my, uh, well, kind of, kind of third podcast in a way. Look at you getting yeah. out there, you podcast yeah, slut. I got, to, I got to do music and podcast recording today. So. Look at that. Now, is this Just you good. being on podcasts or recording podcasts? Well, it was it was playing drums uh, with Matt Gorley's band Townland, who just had a record come out, um, and so they recorded the playing for two different podcasts to be the music guest, and then uh, I didn't quite know I was going to get to do this part, but we also did a thing for Andy Daly with Andy Daly. Ooh, I like and, him. And then I got to be—he's the best. I got to be a little part of the. Uh, the talking part of that as well, which I didn't quite know that I was going to be doing, but that was that was fun. Well, that's very cool. And then you've been yeah. a guest on a bunch of podcasts lately. I feel, I feel like you're really hitting it hard. I I mean, I got to do something other than sit on my couch and yeah. stare at TV and pet the dog, right? We all have to do something, Tony. You know what I've been doing in it? For anyone who's watching the video of this, youtube.com slash Allison Rosen, I am fixated Okay, before we started, I was fixating on, fixated on the hair on my head, and the, our guest, our lovely guest, who we're going to bring in in a moment, can attest to the fact that I was fidgeting with my own hair too much. And now there's a little hair that's attached to my microphone, and it's dangling, and I am obsessed with removing it. So I don't know what this says about me. I feel yeah, like in anyone college- Anyone watching on YouTube is going to see it, because you yeah. do all these in 4K, right? Yes, I <laughs> yeah. do. In surround sound, too. They're like, she's mm -hmm. fidgeting with a hair over here and now over here. In college, <laughs> someone would have been like, you know that means you're sexually frustrated, right? <laughs> you know? Anytime someone chomped on ice, they're like, that means you're sexually oh, frustrated, yeah, right? right? I right, feel right. like it's almost like a horoscope. No offense to people who are very into astrology, which is fine and is, I'm sure, a science in some way. I'm just saying that uh, there's a good chance that if you say to someone who's of college age, you know that means you're sexually frustrated, right? It's like you're going to yeah. hit on some kind of truth there. But anyway, right. no, what I was going to say, Tony, is, you know, I've made a big deal about how I've switched from my, I for years, all I drank were clear, calorie-free, but artificially sweetened sodas of which I was like very loyal to a certain brand. And then at a certain point I switched to a different brand. And then because I hate water, 
I've, you know, there's all sorts of drops. In, you don't have to play it now, but insert it afterward. I know. It just, it, every time you say it, it blows my mind. Water can yeah. suck a dick. I don't like it that much. <laughs> yes, I don't like water. I, and I'm, I'm well aware that human beings are supposed to drink water. Uh, maybe I'm not human. But I finally, I, I had enough and I said, I'm going to drink water like a human being. And I've been very proud of myself. I drink water in the middle of the night. I even drink water. I don't like it, but I drink water. I empty my water bottle down my throat that I'm actually (laughs) imbibing it. And then I go to the refrigerator just like the man wants. And I push the little button and I refill my my little water bottle and I drink (laughs) more of it. (laughs) Thank you for all this detail on how you drink drink your water. (laughs) Drinking water. Just like everyone was everyone was sitting there, but how does she get How does she do it? Yeah. Drink, 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 hydrate. Fill up, hydrate, die. That's what they want, Tony. But anyway, in the midst, I've interrupted it. I've interrupted the water drinking. It's like when someone gets like gets off of one drug and then mm-hmm. goes to something much harder. In this travel mug that looks like it looked like for all you know, I'm drinking something healthy like green green tea. But mm-hmm. what this actually is is um, zero calorie. Coke and coffee. <laughs> no, I did not make my own oh. blend, although I have made my own blend. Oh, yeah, because that's like a it. thing right now. Yes, right? it's a thing. I just heard about this recently. I don't Is even. It, do, do you like it? Kind of. I haven't tried. I don't drink soda, but. Uh, oh, how great for you. Yeah, I, just, I bet you think you're so wonderful. Yeah, I don't even own a TV. That's not true. <laughs> do you? I bet TV. when you were a child, you just had <laughs> Swedish wooden toys. Um, Listen, you Montessori of humans. Um. I really don't even know that much about Montessori. I'm sure it's wonderful <laughs> in many ways. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I do like it. I was surprised how much. I, but I like coffee and I like Diet Coke. And um, yeah. but and weirdly, the blend is really good. And what is it actually called? Uh, it is called. I don't know. It comes in a little It like the shape of the can is like a Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. There's a few different flavors. It's kind of hard to find the one that's zero calories. If you're looking for that one, just beware. Um, and it's, it's a red can and it's, you know what? Again, too much detail. <laughs> I'll, I'll find out and I'll take a picture of it because I have some in my house and it has more caffeine than a Coke, but less caffeine than coffee. So that's what I like about it. So it's good for a podcast. Gotcha. But then Got it'll it. just be back to water. I'll just put on my monkey suit and drink the water. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we can find out from our guest whether water is really so important in the human Uh-oh. body. <laughs> I have a feeling um, it is. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling it is too. But um, our guest is not only an actual physician – but she's a stand-up comedian, and she co-hosts a very hilarious, informative, and popular podcast called Hypochondriactor with a man that you are quite familiar with, Sean Hayes. Please put your hands together for Priyanka Wally. Oh, yay, yay. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Hello. so happy to be here. Welcome yeah. to the show. Thank you. How so, exciting. Water is a scam, right? We don't really need it, right? Water can yeah. suck a dick. I don't like it that much. Well, I'm joking. I don't know. <laughs> yes, it's a scam. It's a total scam. I'm saying that on the record. <laughs> 
No. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I enjoyed it more. I don't know what it is. And it's funny. What do you experience when you drink water? Like what 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 do you feel that That's what tells I'm fascinated you, by too? Yeah, like you're so not enjoying nothing. it. Um I think it's a lack of something. I think that I like I feel uh it's a dull dead end sensation. You know, it's funny. I have two, I have two little boys. I have a five. They just turned five and three. And my five-year-old doesn't like any sort of fizz or carbonation or anything. Okay. Uh, He really likes water. He's one of them. And my (laughs) three-year-old really wants anything. He always wants sips of my coffee. He likes anything carbonated. And I'm like, oh no. He's inherited mm. whatever I have, which is like he wants a lot of flavor in his mm. beverages. So I think it's just that the the carbonated diet, clear flavored waters that I was drinking, like they have a, a lot of flavor to them. And I think I just mm. prefer that sensation. Water is just so nothing, which right, I get is a, the, it, the the benefit of it. But I don't the like point that. of water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really boring. But uh I, I've noticed that water tastes really good only when you're thirsty. Yes. Have you ever been really thirsty and had water and been like, wow, this tastes so good? Maybe. You probably don't experience that often <laughs> I, unless I it's like sweetened mean. with, you yes. know, whatever the, the stuff they put in it. Right. But I think that the citric acid or whatever it is that gives like, you know, zero calorie, zero caffeine, wild cherry, very chemical laden, clear, whatever, it's pizzazz um i convinced myself is very thirst quenching mm, okay but yes yes i have enjoyed water when i'm truly thirsty and the times of my life that i've been sick or like i remember having surgery and recovering from surgery yeah. and all i wanted was water right and i thought right. wow when i'm in a reduced state i do want water mm-hmm. but of the more yeah. evolved me want some flavor <laughs> yeah so yours like totes evolved right now let's just put <laughs> that's it that. right diagnosis totes evolved <laughs> uh, um so let us talk more about you um okay okay so deep down are you more and maybe this is an unfair question but are you more physician or more comedian Oh, man, that is I struggle with that question all the time. I think it depends on the time of the year and the season and what my mood is. But I'm definitely I definitely have healer qualities. Um, but I I like just messing around and being totally stupid and playing. <laughs> so um, can't really do that in the doctor's office. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I'm definitely a nerd as well. So it honestly fluctuates. It really depends on the time of the year, uh, the season. I think I'm much more of a comedian in the winter time because it's just darker and drearier and you're spending more time indoors. Mm-hmm. Summertime, I'm probably more like, you know, outside. So then into more natural processes and more of a healer. So I, I think honestly, my honest answer is I'm, I'm a fair square b- both. Mm-hmm. I do both. Was, cause the sense I get is that, uh, from having seen a bit of your stand up, mm-hmm. uh, there was pressure to become a doctor in your family. Yes. Cause you're like a, 
that that's like a really gentle way of putting it. Like I came out of the womb holding a stethoscope practically. I mean, it was like it was definitely like part of the Priyankawali birthing plan to, right. you know, like definitely go to medical school. And and I think it's important to remember ancestrally, like my family, I come from a long line of healers. Like mm-hmm. my great great grandfather was one of the first anesthesiologists in Kashmir. So, so which is where my family's originally from. And so, you know, I think there's a lot of that kind of in the lineage. So when I was born and I, you know, I was like, I want to be an artist or a writer, like do all these other things. It was my family was kind of like, what? Like, you know, what, what do you mean? And so there was absolute pressure. There was absolute pressure. And I resisted it a lot. I, I fought it a lot. Um, but there was always a part of me that actually genuinely enjoyed being a healer, enjoyed helping people, enjoyed being a nerd and like knowing the science. So I stopped fighting it. But mm-hmm. I still kind of quenched my artistic side. Yeah. If there hadn't been that pressure to become a doctor, though, do you think you would have? Oh, my gosh. What I would have become like a, a pastry chef or something just completely just very just with your with your hands mm-hmm. or something. I would have been a pastry chef or maybe a fashion designer. Oh, that wow. I would have done something really just completely unrelated. And also something where you could have uh, competed on a reality show for some yes. reason. Those I mean, that things. is obviously the ultimate goal of all of this, right? <laughs> to just yeah. get on reality TV. Totally. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yes. Um, where were you born? I was I was born in Los Angeles, uh, born and raised in Southern California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're an uh, internist? Yeah. Internal medicine. Yeah. Okay. What was medical yeah. school like? It's and I take a long pause and a long deep breath. It was really um it was probably one of the darkest days of my of my life. It was in addition to just being very challenging academically, it was um really hard to be supported. Um and I I have really had a very hard time in medical school. I was very depressed in med mm-hmm. school. Yeah. Can you say more about that? Oh yeah, totally. Um, well, actually, there, there I, I, I've spoken publicly mm. publicly about this. Um, there was uh, once an article in Women's Health magazine about uh, the depression that I had in medical school, and I ended up doing a one person show about my experiences oh, in medical so cool. training. Um, but yeah, essentially, I I was very depressed as a medical student. I didn't have a lot of social support. I was a lot younger, so I didn't really have a lot of coping skills. And I remember very clearly, um, you know, and growing up, you know, culturally going to therapy or or getting help like that wasn't something I grew up with. Ironically, despite coming from a, you know, family Mm -hmm. of healers, we didn't talk about therapy or or anything like that. So I, is it seen as a weakness? You know, I can't speak for why culturally people don't, I, I think there's, there's, a lot of cultural issues maybe in terms of repressing certain emotions mm-hmm. and you know uh, that's sort of a sidebar but i mean M- kashmiri pundits which is where my family's from i mean we have dealt with genocide and uh, diaspora and like you know sometimes repressing those feelings is part of a survival yeah. mode you know you can't really even talk about it so it wasn't until i went to med school i was on my psychiatry rotation and um 
I realized on that rotation, as I was interviewing all these people who had depression, that I was like, oh my gosh, there's there's literally no difference between mm-hmm. me and some of these patients. And mm-hmm. so that's, I, I, I didn't realize I was depressed until my psychiatry rotation in med school. And then I sort of began the journey of getting into therapy. I was on meds for a period of time and sort of getting the help that I needed, learning coping skills. And eventually when I graduated med school, you know, things got a lot better. And that was a very formative. I mean, once you experience depression to that degree, it it really does change your perspective about what what ex- experiencing intense amounts of sadness can do for you. It's it really sort of made me realize that um sadness can be a indicator of that something in your life isn't going in the right direction and something yeah. requires some reevaluation. And so Coming out of that experience, then I went to residency and I realized in residency, that's when I started performing stand-up comedy. I I sort of had a different perspective since I had been depressed that I didn't want to go back there. So that's when I started doing stand-up and, you know, really got in touch with all these wonderful things to kind of help me stay balanced. Cause mm-hmm. all depression really is, is it's an imbalance. It's a, it's a lot of a particular type of em- an emotion, whether it's great sadness or great pain. And, uh, you know, th- Things like performing and journaling and and being in therapy are all tools to just kind of keep me in balance. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of a long answer to to your question, I guess. Um, So you said that uh, and I'm going to paraphrase, but essentially depression is a sign that there is an imbalance in your life. So what was it you feel like during medical school was missing in your life or what what had been the imbalance? Oh, yeah. Um, A sense of safety and security within my own self. Mm. Uh, You know, there was so the medical system, ironically, is not the most supportive system in creating healers. So um, just to give you some stats, let me just preface this with some objective data. Uh, physicians have the highest rate of suicide compared to any other profession. And, uh, ironically, psychiatry is the, the highest specialty in terms of suicide rates. Wow. The, the average is one physician suicide per day. So wow. the system is not, yeah, exactly. It's shocking, right? Yeah. And the system isn't exactly designed to be supportive of healers. So I was already in a system that, that wasn't supportive. Um, I remember calling the university mental health services and saying, Hi, you know, literally it was like, hi, I'm a medical student and I think I have depression and I would like cognitive behavioral therapy. And they were like, okay, well, you can see someone in 12 to 16 weeks. And, you know, I was like, what the hell? Like, I, you know, I might be dead by then. What are you talking about? And so it's like, these are not supportive systems. But I think, you know, it took years to kind of... um what it really came down to was the internal dialogue that I was having within myself. I mean, there was just so much self-criticism, self-judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't love. There really wasn't this sense of love. And, uh, and that took, uh, that took many, many years to, to shift that narrative, to, to shift the dialogue that I was having with myself. There were also other issues. I mean, 
the this program was stressful. I wasn't getting along with my family. I was in a terrible relationship. I mean, like there were just so many things. I I probably wasn't eating the right foods as well. My diet was crap. Like all sorts of reasons for me to to get depressed. You know, I'm sure my vitamin D levels were low. In fact, they were. You know, there were just like tons of reasons to like get depressed. It was a it was a perfect storm. Of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then for you, when you were very depressed or very sad, like what did that look like? Oh, so major brain fog, you know, like thinking super slow, like just like almost, you know, they have this, it's this, it's this condition. It's called pseudo dementia where Mm. a person gets really cognitively slow but they're not they don't have dementia it's pseudo dementia it's it's a it's a secondary effect of depression so um things were just really hard um you know it's it's really incredible i mean i passed all of my classes but that's the thing that's so amazing to me is that that in the midst of all of this you still were able to succeed like kudos i mean thank you thank you so much i honestly look back on that time and think about you know i I don't honestly know how I did it, Mm -hmm. but it happened. You know, I, I passed all my classes and I got through and, and, um, I just, I have such a clear memory. I remember like studying for this exam and I would sit and I would do the question and then I was going so slow that I would like do the same question and I had forgotten I had done, I had just done that question and then I was like, wait a minute, why? Yeah. It's like my brain. Disconnected from your body. Yeah. And then I also had some of the other kind of more classic symptoms that you would find in the classic diagnosis, like feelings of worthlessness, hopelessness, no energy, difficulty just doing basic tasks, um, you know, kind of the classic symptoms, just feeling very sad, a lot of guilt. Yeah. So, Okay. Fast forward now. Here we yeah. are now. <laughs> You're clearly in a better place. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Doing comedy. You live in Northern California, right? Yes, yes. I'm uh, based in the Bay Area. And yeah. okay, I'm. Ju- we're gonna we're gonna jump around. This will just yeah, yeah. be just like what what show did I just watch where it was jumping around and I was like I am very confused. Was Which, it Inventing Anna? Because I just finished that. No, is that is that worth watching? I really liked it. Okay, yeah. I'll start it. No, I think but, it was. Uh, Station 11. Is it Station oh, 11? No, Station 81. Or what no, is it? The- is it the Station 11? Was Station 81? I thought it was Station 11. You're talking about the one about... um. Yeah, the one that jumps around. It's about like um this, this like weird apartment building. And there are these like people from the past... And there's no, these, like but- satanic rituals, right? Or is it called no. Station 81? Wait, Archive is- 81. I'm oh. sorry. Ar- Archive that sounds eight- good, though. That sounds good. <laughs> no, I'm talking about Station 11, um, which is about a pandemic and it jumps around and it's sort of, but I feel like there was even another oh, wow. thing there, I watched. There's no way yeah. I'm watching a series about a pandemic. <laughs> I know. Like, I know. Clear. Like I, yeah. Contagion was as far as I was going to get, but no, I am living <laughs> the series. I feel like there's something else I watched though, where it was jumping around too. And I was like, Oh, I know what it was. It was uh being the Ricardos, which I also don't recommend. Oh. Yeah, I it saw was, that. Did yeah. you like it? 
Um, yeah, no, I thought, well, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I actually, I, you know, I really like all of the actors, but Me you're too, right. But it did jump around a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Where I, I, it jumped around and then I experienced a lag of like, oh, wait, this is, it took me a little while to realize when it was jumping around. It jumps around a lot for sure. Yes. Yeah. But the, but the, I mean, the acting, it was like, it was like Olympic style actors. Yes. You know, it was, you know all these great. Yeah. Anyways. Right. So, so anyway, this is a being the Ricardo style jumping around. Cause I'm bringing you to now and then we're going to go back. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. The blanks. Okay. 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 So now you're co-hosting hypochondriactor. Um, yeah, how yeah. do you, how did this all come about? How do you know, Sean? Hey. Yeah, so Sean has a production company with Todd Milliner called Hazy Mills Productions, and they actually came to me. Uh, this was pre-pandemic, and uh, you know, Sean really loves medical things, and so because they he's were a hypochondriac, right? Because he, self-described, he's a yes. <laughs> um, and so they were they were looking to do a medical show, but they wanted a doctor that you know has some comedic timing and isn't just like a square. Uh, so we met actually at Hazy Mills and we hit it off. And, um, you know, then the pandemic happened and then Hazy Mills decided to do a podcast division. And so that, and that was it. And then there was hypochondriactor. So yeah, it just the, from the first moment I met Sean, it was, yeah, it's, it's been, it was just very natural. Like, uh, and then when we actually started recording, we were like, oh, this is great. Like we have good chemistry. Like this is cool. That's so cool. So like, did they just Google Dr. Comedian? <laughs> I mean, um, probably i'm sure it had something to do with ken jung being unavailable <laughs> it's the one thing he's not in now yeah <laughs> yeah uh so have you recorded with him in person uh we haven't recorded in person we've been doing everything through zoom i we've we've definitely met in person but uh you know, it's so, I mean, you probably know it's so like logistically to get yeah. everything organized like Zoom. It has to be Zoom. And yeah. plus he's in Chicago right now working on his play and, you know, I'm in the Bay. So it's, I mean, right. I do spend time in LA, but I think it's logistically just too yeah. challenging. Yeah. During the pandemic, I've started uh, co-hosting a new podcast called Upworthy Weekly with this guy, Todd Perry. And he and I have this really, it's really worked out really well. We have this amazing chemistry. And nice. then he was just a guest on this show. But the funny thing is we've actually never, it feels like we yeah. know each other really well, but, but I was re thinking like we've never met in person. The whole thing has yeah. been over Zoom. I totally get that. Yeah. You know what? There are actually some times where Sean won't text me, like something will happen to him medically and then he won't text me about it because he wants to save it for the <laughs> podcast. So there was one time he went to he went to the hospital. Oh my god. And well he goes to the hospital a lot. See, okay. Everyone at Cedars knows him. It's it's not as it's not as like crazy as it right. sounds, but he went to Cedars over the weekend and I didn't hear about it until we recorded that Monday or Tuesday and you know, I was like, well, why, why didn't you text me? Like yeah. I, you know, and he was like, oh no, I knew we were going to talk about it on the show. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what is that like for you as a doctor now with an increasing public profile? Yeah. Um, well, I, I actually really relish it. You know, I, I really like, uh, I'm really passionate about educating the public about health stuff. And I, 
am really passionate about doing it in an accurate way and not a fake newsy kind of mm-hmm. way. And so to me, this is a real delight because uh, it's been so gratifying. It's been so gratifying to get messages from people to be like, Hey, thank you so much for, you know, I listened to this episode and it actually like really helped me with this one issue I was having. I, you know, I, I can't, I, I can't tell you how, how awesome that is to, to, to read those messages. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'm wondering, do you have, do you have a private practice? I do. Yeah. So is there, how does it work with and I but I guess as a stand-up comedian, you're putting your own private life out there too. Yeah. But like yeah, is yeah, there sure. are there concerns about someone who comes to you as a doctor knowing things that you said on the podcast or things about your yeah. personal life? Or how do you keep well, all those all yeah, those no, different I, roles? So I take I take HIPAA and like patient privacy super seriously. So I, I never talk about patients of course uh, on yeah. the podcast or anything like that. I, I take that really seriously. Um, and I'm able to keep a pretty clean line. Like there are definitely patients that have come to me and been like, Hey, I heard about you through the podcast. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like I yeah. listened to the podcast and I'm like, great. You know, it actually sometimes makes my job a little bit easier mm-hmm. because then I don't have to go over something that they've already heard. So and then I can work on some more like high level stuff or personalized stuff. So I like it. It's making my job a lot easier because I don't have to say, I don't have to repeat myself as much, you know? Um, but, but to your question, I keep the worlds really separate. Um, you know, I never give personalized medical advice on the air. Uh, you know, if, if someone really has a, a serious issue, then, you know, I enroll them in the clinic and I see them officially. And, you know, it's a very like, official kind of relationship and and i take i take all that really seriously Mm -hmm. i want to take a moment to talk to you guys about something that i'm passionate about and that is therapy if you've listened to me for any amount of time you know how much i believe wholeheartedly in therapy how much therapy has helped me um i want to tell you guys about better help this possible podcast. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Relationships take work, especially the most important one you have in your life. Your relationship with yourself. A lot of us will drop anything to go help someone we care about. We'll go out of our way to treat other people well, but how often do we give ourselves the same treatment? So this month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you that you matter just as much as everyone else does. And therapy is a great way to make sure you show up for yourself. It's also a great way for me personally to say, hey, Daniel, you know what? For the next hour, I'm not even in this house. I'm in my studio and you can't talk to me. And it's not just going to be an hour because what I do is I go out to my studio like 10, 12 minutes before I mess around on my phone. I wait for my therapist to call me. And then after the appointment, I sit there for another. I give myself a cushion on both ends. That you should do that too. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Allison Rosen listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash best friend. That's BetterHelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash best friend. Okay. All right. And we are back. Um, 
Are there some things, uh, some medical things that you feel like people get wrong that you would like people to know or to get right or just misconceptions? This is a very broad question, but. Oh, it's huge. It's totally huge. Um, gosh, where, what theme should I, should I choose from the Rolodex of information? Well, here's one. And, uh, I'm actually a little, I'm, I'm curious how you will sit with it, given what you were talking about earlier about the water coffee stuff. Yeah. (laughs) The water stuff. But, um, you know, I don't know if people really understand how dangerous high fructose corn syrup is in the body, which first of all, it's a synthetically created Frankenstein marriage of glucose and fructose mm-hmm. to create high fructose corn syrup. So it's sweeter than regular sugar, but it, it actually causes more damage to the body. Um, it actually causes direct damage, inflammation to the liver. Um, it, uh, it, it causes total body inflammation. So it's, it's not like this cute little, synthetic thing. I only that, do artificial you know, sweetener, which I'm sure you have feelings about, but I'm fine with this is not I, personally affecting me at all because I avoid high fructose corn syrup. So okay. You, so so, uh, so go on, Queen. Okay. Okay. Well that's really <laughs> interesting that you uh you sort of figure that out to avoid it. I'm curious yeah. if if you had certain experiences that kind of told you that, but, but there's actually a lot of like established data about how high fructose corn syrup is actually quite damaging to the body. And it's, it's the one thing that I would say you should not put in your body mm-hmm. regardless of Got it. who you are. You know, it's, it's definitely like the one thing. If I, if I had to say the one thing, it would probably be like, stay away from high fructose corn syrup. What about sugar? Well, it depends. Okay. So for example, if someone has uh, diseases of what I call insulin resistance, so that would be things like type 2 diabetes, prediabetes, fatty liver, polycystic ovarian syndrome, um, sugar or carbohydrates cause hormonal imbalances that can then worsen those types of illnesses. And so my answer to your question is that it really depends on the individual and mm-hmm. what kinds of issues they're dealing with. Um, but in general, sugar is a very inflammatory type of thing, you know? So, and here's where it gets real. Tony, do you have anything to play to indicate we're heading into dangerous territory? Maybe like a dun, dun, dun. Uh oh, now I'm kind of, I'm getting scared. Don't I'm get nervous. scared. I should get, I, Splenda, sucralose, erythritol, truvia. They make up the backbone of my diet. I am 90% truvia. How do you feel about those? So, you know what? Um, I I am a recovered sugar addict. Mm -hmm. Like I, uh, so there was a period of time where I stopped having sugar and I needed those sort of sugar alternatives or um, artificial sweeteners for, um, you know, a couple of years before I could eventually stop those. And so, you know, this is what I say to patients that, you know, I would prefer that you have the artificial stuff than than having the real deal because, uh, yes, it's like I'm addicted to Suboxone. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like the methadone <laughs> for, yeah, no, definitely. So, you know, I get it. I get it. I mean, there was a period of time where when I was coming off sugar that I had, I would drink Diet Cokes like a lot. And then eventually I, I sort of, my body kind of changed and I was like, all right, I'm ready to stop the artificial stuff. And then I got off Diet Coke, but, um, it took a while. It took me a while. So, you know what? I my answer to you is like, look, Allison, you do you, you do you. And, hmm, uh, you know, that. just, <laughs> yeah, like whatever, you know, whatever you need. Yeah. But your, is your medical, like medically speaking, is it better well, to avoid them? Yeah. So, so, you know, there are, there are some published studies out there that talk about how even the artificial sweeteners, they can actually do things like change your gut microbiome, which can then affect your hunger signals or, um, your, uh, ability to regulate weight. Um, so there's, there's certainly some side effects hmm. to working with artificial sweeteners, but again, you have to look at the context. Like if, if someone has a sugar addiction, it's much better for them to have the artificial sweeteners than to eat the real sugar sweeteners because right. it could worsen other issues. But, but if you really want to do some fine tuning, yeah, in general, it's probably best to avoid artificial sweeteners in general or anything artificial really. But, do, um, what that about- is easier said than done this is now this is now self-indulgent because now i'm just asking you me me questions but so i'll get off of this but (laughs) do you think they could cause cancer so the so there there's so there's a couple of there was a study done in rats Mm. where they were fed um huge like like D- double what their body size uh, should have had. Uh, That's huge what I consume, amounts of, of aspartame, and and these rats developed cancer. But but you would have to literally consume like your body weight in uh, artificial sweetener to right. develop the cancers. But you know what? Let's be honest. If it's getting to that point. Like, I think there's a bigger question here. Like, what's really going on here? <laughs> yeah. Like, why why would someone require that right. much artificial sweetener to sort of operate? Like, that's I think a bigger question then. But yeah. that so I'm quoting a rat study basically that that found that cancer link. Um, you would have to consume massive, massive amounts of artificial sweeteners. Yeah. Well, now that I've, you know, now that I'm drinking water, like everyone wants me to, I've yeah. really cut down. <laughs> now it's just in my coffee and I guess my Diet Coke coffee, which I don't drink that What do much, you so. think about things like stevia or monk fruit extract, which are based, they're, they're natural. They're yeah. Well, so they're tru- still processed, but they're natural. Yeah. Truvia is stevia, but it's stevia mixed with erythritol. Erythritol. Yeah. So it's not right. straight. Um, yeah. I have tried just stevia or uh, monk yeah. fruit. It's just, I don't like it as much, but I yeah. could switch to it if I had the to. The aftertaste, is it Yeah, it's, Everyone it's, complains about that It's aftertaste. not that like real sweetness. It's got that, yeah. this is different. Feeling. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. But I That's guess, so you know, that would be like a transitional phase. Hey, I, I try look, it. I get it. There was literally like several years where I was relying on Truvia, erythritol. I had, I had it all. You know what I mean? Like I had all of the things and it definitely like helped me get off sugar for sure. Um, are you on TikTok at all? You know, I'm not on TikTok and everyone has been asking me about that, but, um, 
I don't know. I'm just like worried about the security issues and all yes. that stuff. Okay. So, so yeah. uh, and Tony's heard me talk about TikTok too much. Um, my whole TikTok story. Uh-huh. Originally, I got on, my husband and I got on TikTok. When I say got on, I just mean like downloaded it. And then downloaded he it, yeah. mentioned something about how it's the same, probably the same security thing that you're concerned about. Yeah. So he's like, we should delete it. So we deleted it. And then some time passed, like a while. And then... Uh, I was like, no, I got to get on it. So I got on it. And uh, <laughs> you just couldn't resist. I just decided I don't care. You were like, privacy is dead anyway. Yeah. Who cares? What, what am I? What am I keeping? Uh, you know, I give it all away anyway. Yeah. What am I keeping private? Because <laughs> I kept hearing people say it's so creative. It's so addictive. And I thought, how can that be? I don't uh-huh. enjoy Instagram reels at all. I don't understand. I don't want to watch people do uh-huh. stupid dances. And then uh-huh. I discovered, oh my gosh, I really do enjoy TikTok in a way that I uh-huh. don't enjoy Instagram reels. So I spend uh-huh. a lot of time looking at TikToks and I do find it to be, um, I enjoy it a lot. But uh-huh. somehow I've ended up on a lot of medical TikTok stuff. Oh. And there are these, like, there are th- these different sort of controversies and arguments will bubble up on TikTok. Yeah. Which I don't know yeah. if they make their way to you periodically. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But one of these big ones that I keep seeing, and I'm wondering what your thoughts are, it seems that there's this big discussion happening on TikTok about uh, IUD placement without mm. anesthesia. Uh, and a lot of women are talking about how their IUDs were, they, they don't, they don't offer routine anesthesia with IUD placement, and they say that it's... You mean like local, local injection they don't, anesthesia? Yeah, they don't do it okay. because they say that... I've not had an IUD placed, but mm-hmm. they... S- I, I have, or I had in the past, yeah. Mm-hmm. How was it for you? Um. <laughs> well, first, I just want to say I am definitely pro-IUD. Um, I, I, I took it out eventually, um, but uh, I got the copper IUD... But, um, yeah, I totally remember, (laughs) I remember getting it put in. Um, yeah, like I, I was an atheist at the time, but I remember when I got my IUD in, I like was not atheist for the few 15 minute period that I was getting it put in. I was like, just like praying because it was really like intense to get I, the thing put in. Yeah. It it I felt like all this energy just whoosh, flowing up towards me and I was like, whoa. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's it's not it's not a comfortable procedure, but um I am a hundred percent pro IUD and uh yeah, that that IUD saved me from a lot of like situations. So yeah. I think the, I don't know, but I think the protocol maybe will change in like a grassroots kind of way because I've seen doctors on, women gynecologists on TikTok saying like, I feel so bad. Yes, I have done them without anesthesia, but in my practice, I'm going to begin offering anesthesia. I -hmm. feel so bad. You know, I was taught to do it without anesthesia, but I'm going to make it available now. Like what they've said is that, um, you know, the idea is that the cervix is poorly enervated, but like then Mm -hmm. they'll this again, this is TikTok. It's social media. Mm -hmm. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but you know, Mm -hmm. then they'll show like a chart of, the, but like if you see here, you know, there, there is a nerve flow and, da, da, da. and then also people will talk about endometrial biopsies mm-hmm. and how, oh, yeah. and totally. I've had one of those and oh, yeah. my those doctor, are oh my God, I had one yeah. of those without 
anesthesia. Yeah, they except, don't. Re, they don't do. Yeah, they don't usually do. Yeah, that. yeah. and my yeah. remember my doctor said it's going to be a seven or eight on the pain scale, but it'll yeah. be fast. And yeah. I, she actually told me, and I remember yeah. thinking, "There's no way that's like it." It's like I heard it, and then it didn't really take it in because I thought oh, like totally. there's, there's no way it's really going to be that because they wouldn't yeah. do something like that without yeah. anesthesia. But and they did. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it really does hurt. Oh my you God. Know, it was so crazy. But the, here's the thing is she, she was like, there's no nerves in the uterus. It's cramping. That's hurting. I don't know. It was, it was so bad that any for, like procedures after that, I made sure that I was put under after mm, that. Sure. It was yeah. so crazy. But anyway, yeah. TikTok is well, handling I, it now. I think <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think you're hitting upon a really important point. Um, you know, historically at least in the medical system that we work in, for example, research publications, there isn't um as much high quality research done on female bodies than yeah. there are on male bodies. I, you know, I give this lecture about um insulin resistance and sexual dysfunction and um when it comes to studies on male sexual dysfunction, there's uh, so many studies out there, high quality trials funded by a billion dollar right. industry. But when you do studies on uh, female sexual dysfunction, low quality trials, not as numerous. It's just, you know, uh, it's harder to study, quote. Um, and so, you know, I do think there is a bias uh, mm -hmm. against female bodies in our medical system. And and it's reflected in some of the procedures that perhaps we do um, on female bodies and the, the amount of pain susceptibility that female bodies have to endure. As someone who got their IUD put in, yeah, I remember it hurt. And yeah. I remember that, you know... Whether you receive anesthesia or not, uh, having an IUD is, it's persistently uncomfortable, uh, after you get it put in. Um, and so it's, you know, it's usually not like just a one time thing. Like you, you, you feel it for a while before your body gets used to it, you know? And so, um, you're, I, I completely agree that we should be thinking about ways to do medical procedures in a, a, a more, um, humane right. way. Um, I'm not a gynecologist, so I, I can't speak on the details of anesthesia or not, but I am pro humane treatment of human beings. Um, you know, when we put send our animals to vets, right. uh, we you know medicate them and sedate them, and we make them calm. But uh, yeah, no, I, I I I can't speak on the details, but I I definitely think uh, as someone that got an IUD, like yeah, it would have been nicer if maybe I was yeah more medicated. It, it's really interesting. <laughs> it's one of those things where you think about it and you're like, oh, this is like a a it's like this one area needs to catch up with the rest of it because then in yeah. the, Again, I keep having to issue this disclaimer. I realize I this is social media, so who knows? But still, like, and then in in the comments, there's people talking about like my husband got a vasectomy and was you know offered twelve different kinds of pain relief oh. and stuff like that. Uh -huh. But uh -huh. um, I guess one of the arguments <laughs> is like, well, you know, a, a shot of local in the cervix is is going to hurt and it's not necessary. But I don't know. I remember one time. Um, because I'm a, it's I'm a, a tough stick for IVs, and so I asked. Oh, really? If so, I always. Oh, I wonder why <laughs> I'm not <laughs> drinking enough water. <laughs> <laughs> I always ask for lidocaine, and one time they were like, "Well, okay, but that means we got to poke you twice." 
And I'm like, I'm always like, I'll take that risk. <laughs> like, yeah, because I then I will only feel one of them, you know, uh-huh. versus yeah. potentially feeling one of them 17 times when you yeah, dig around. Totally. Totally. So it's like, yes, you're going to go ahead. Y- yeah. Well, I'm just in this. Con- now I'm getting like flashbacks to my IUD insertion. I'm like, wait, did they do local? Like, what did they do? I mean, it was so long ago. I just they remember probably, if if you found God, they probably didn't. Unless it was just pressure, but... Yeah, no, it was definitely not just pressure. It was like something... It was like I... It was a spiritual, like, experience for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Isn't... um, Oh, my God. What's the word? Uh, It starts with an A. The name Agatha is... Oh my God, this is a giant brain. Agatha fart. Christie, the no. author? <laughs> no, the name Agatha co- is like derives from the word agony. Um, oh, agony. I think agony has like a, there's like a spiritual meaning of the word agapa, right? Oh, agape. Agape. Which uh, is, that's actually, agape is the Greek word for the type of love that you feel for someone when they've experienced a tragedy. Um, it's sympathetic love. That's oh. what agape is. Okay. I was thinking somehow this related to like the spiritual thing you experienced with your IUD insertion, but I think I was reaching and I, did I mean, not I think it anything. was just like a shock to my system because yeah. I had never had a procedure like that done before. And it was. You know, I think there there are kind of people that have reported, you know, ha- experiencing something really shocking and mm-hmm. then kind of like temporarily, you know, g- going to some other world. You know, I, I it's possible I've I temporarily dissociated when yeah. it actually got inserted because it was such a it was such a shock to the system, mm-hmm. you know, to to have something placed in the cervix. But I I, I definitely don't want to come across as like I am pro IUD. Like oh, I, yeah. I I, I believe in like you know birth control and family planning and all that stuff. And so um, it was worth it. Like even though. Um, getting it done was really uncomfortable. It was totally worth it, uh, down the line. And I, I had got the copper IUD and, um, that lasts at minimum 10 years. And I think I wore it for like 10 years. I think I wore it for like the longest time. Yeah. You could probably wear it longer than 10 years because the research stops. They stop following the participants at 10 years, but I mean, well, yeah, I could, you could probably, but you know what? I'm not giving that advice out like officially, you know, obviously go okay. talk to your doctor about that. <laughs> and I am not a doctor at all. I'm just someone who just started drinking water. But what <laughs> I've learned from TikTok and the doctors that I have seen on TikTok and the women in their comments is um, you can, re- you can talk to your doctor about anesthesia options with getting an IUD. So, mm-hmm. When you're discussing getting an IUD, which seems like a good idea for many people, just talk about your concerns and ask about some anesthesia. Because I think if they're up on the current conversations, then they'll uh, be more open to it. Yeah, no, you bring up such a good point, Allison. Like, it's so important to advocate for your health needs with your healthcare provider. It's hard, though. You know, it is hard. Yeah. In 
early relationships, I was always like, I'm going to be the cool girlfriend who's like never annoyed by anything and never needs anything. And I'm just (laughs) like, I'm just like a doormat. How cool I'll be. They'll never not want me there. I mean, you know, it's just ridiculous. This ridiculous. I was so needy, but like trying so hard to hide that. And then in Mm. early and my dad's a doctor. So I think Mm. this kind of doctor is he? Uh, general, well, he retired now, but he was uh-huh. a general practitioner, so family oh, doctor. Cool. So I think it, I'm sure my therapist would say, it, you know, it has to do with my feelings about authority and my feelings about my dad mm. and stuff too, but always really afraid to ever like be too much with a doctor and trying to be so respectful of a doctor's time and mm. not ask too many questions and be like trying to like be a, I mean, I can hear it in my, like it's very much like making every doctor an authority figure, making every doctor my dad. So always just wanting mm. to be like a good girl and, you know, right. and, and so kind of doing the opposite of advocating for myself. And I had such right. different experiences with giving birth to my first son and my second. Mm-hmm. And it all mm-hmm. had to do with just not advocating at all with my first wow. and then completely advocating for myself. And it really, it's not like, I came in with my second and I was like, here's what I want versus, you know, Uh it wasn't even that different. It was just more like, I felt like I could, I could advocate for myself with my second because I kind of knew the lay of the land quite a bit better. Um, But yeah, it's, it's so important to advocate for yourself. It's so important. But you know, what's really funny. So your dad's a doctor. So my, again, parents, their siblings, their children, cousins on both sides, all physicians, right? So, as a patient, I am a grade A pain in everyone's ass <laughs> because I have grown up with so many doctors. I think I'm like the worst patient because I will hyper advocate for myself to the point where people will be like this bitch over here. <laughs> Tell her to shut up. Um, oh, see, so that's good it's though. Funny. It's yeah. Is it good though? It I think the likability so. factor. <laughs> <laughs> I um, think so. The, uh, I feel like my shining moment as finally advocating for myself was I had um, I had uh, thickened endometrium. So I had to have an uh-huh. operative hysteroscopy recently. Uh-huh. And I've had sometimes when I have anesthesia, I'm like totally fine when I wake up and I could record a podcast right after. And then sometimes I can like barely wake up in the car on the way wow. home. And I don't know what the yeah. difference is. So I'm still friendly with the nurse anesthesiologist. Um, who had like done the anesthesia really well at this, at the fertility clinic that I went to. Uh-huh. So I, you know, emailed her and she's like, Oh, I have the, you know, anesthesia report. Let me, I'll send it to you. So mm-hmm. I had that and I brought that with me to the place where I was having the operative to the, the surgery center was having the operative hysteroscopy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, And I actually was worried about offending him by showing it to him. Like, I don't want him to think I'm telling him how to do his job. So Uh I said, the nurse was really nice. And I said to her, like, do you think he would be offended? And she's like, no, I think he would appreciate, he would like that, you know? Yeah, Um, totally. So anyway, I showed it to him and he's like, oh yeah, you know, we do all this. Um, So I like got the anesthesia totally dialed in. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, totally. When they wheeled me out, um, the, it was the, another nurse was like, Oh, so, so do you work in healthcare? And I said, I didn't, but I was like, Oh yeah, they think you're on TikTok. (laughs) Yeah. So that's practically the same thing. Yeah. I'm on health talk. So yes, I do. Yeah. Um, so we have some questions sent in by listeners. Uh, oh, wow. I am on okay. Patreon. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go. Uh, 
bonus episodes of the friend zone that's my patreon podcast if you're at the ten dollar level you can text me and i'll text you back all sorts of uh, behind the scenes content photos things like that go out to the to the people at the text level it's really fun you guys um we do periodic zoom parties um you can watch the thursday show videos you can submit carbs you can submit questions for the guests and if you sign up for an annual subscription you get two months free so 12 months for the price of 10 again patreon.com slash allison rosen uh and we will take some questions when we ask they send them in they're wondering how you have been so thanks so much for Okay, Lisa Lowry says, what was the last book she read? Oh, so what is the last book that I read? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, it's, um, it's a book called um, Our Moon Has Blood Clots, and it's the story of uh, Kashmiri pundits and the genocide that uh, our community experienced. It's a firsthand account written by a journalist named uh, Rahul Pandita. It's really, really good. It's really well written. That's the last book I read. So it's a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, that sounds, that does sound very good, but gut, gut pointing to yeah. my heart and saying, gut Oh, wrenching. totally. No, yeah. I would, I had to like put it down a couple times for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, Whitney C. What is her favorite thing about today or what was her favorite thing about yesterday? Well, my favorite thing about today was doing this podcast, of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> um, my favorite thing about yesterday was, oh, so I'm really obsessed with this type, this kind of, I love this type of cheese from this company called Wisconsin Cheese Company. And they have this string cheese, but it's, it's called Oaxacan string cheese. And it's not like normal string cheese. It's like super thick and huge and it tastes really rich and so i had ordered some oaxacan string cheese from wisconsin cheese company and there had been a delay and i finally got it yesterday so that was a really nice thing that happened to me yesterday <laughs> you are speaking my language yeah i love okay. string cheese what you like gotta how try thick this. are we it's, talking it's like Imagine your classic string cheese times three. It's huge. It's like a it's like a big like a rope. chunk. Okay, and it it tastes so good. It's from Wisconsin Cheese Company, and it's called Oaxacan, Oaxacan string, string cheese. cheese. It's so good, Tony. I don't think I know where you stand on string cheese. Uh, I'm I'm pretty much pro cheese all around. Yay! Uh, I, not a not a big fan of Swiss, but other than that, I'm I'm all for all cheeses. You That's know, fair. I think I made an announcement at some point about not being into Swiss because, in general, I never get excited by it. And then I had some, and I was like, "Oh, you know, I'm okay with it." Priyanka, Swiss. I mean, I look. I'm pro cheese, especially if if I'm hungry. Swiss or no Swiss, I I'm down. I'm down. I'm there's there's no cheese that I won't eat unless it's. Maybe if it's like a strong pungent cheese, I'm I might be a little on the fence, mm -hmm. but uh, I I like them all, inc including Swiss. Yeah. Uh, my husband and I get in. I I'm not going to call it a fight because it's it's more of a very mild conflict because for a period of time, pretty much it's just the the boys who eat cheddar cheese or kids who eat cheddar cheese. So I was ordering medium because yeah, a little, it's a little less aggressive. And he okay, sure. thought that I should be ordering sharp. 
Yeah. Because I guess when uh-huh. he he wants the sharp. But if it's going to oh, be the old classic sharp versus right? medium debate. Yeah. How many yeah. classic sitcom episodes were about that? I yes. actually, but if I'm going to eat it, which I, I actually don't, so I should just uh, relent. I actually prefer a medium cheddar. Where do yeah, you guys sure. come down on this? Yeah, you know, it depends on the occasion. Like if I'm uh, making a burger, uh, sharp is what needs to go over the burger. But um, medium cheddar would be nice like in omelets and stuff. So it kind of just depends mm, on what I'm using it with. But if, I, if I'm if i eating just cheese alone, I would probably choose the medium over the sharp. Because sharp really yes. goes well accompanied with something. Right. Tony? Uh, I don't have strong opinions on that. I, I honestly, I don't really ever pay attention to which is which, and uh, you could you could give me both, and I don't think I could tell you the difference. Wow, your diplomacy, yeah, is annoying. I, mean, I I see, I see what's going on here. Okay, uh, Seth Eisenberg, what did you think if you saw it of the Netflix show Indian Matchmaking? Oh, <laughs> so I actually was recruited oh really to be on that show but then i i turned it down um so i never actually watched the show because i was actually intricately involved in they you know interviewed me and stuff and then at the end i said you know i can't i can't do this so i i don't know because i didn't i didn't watch the show but what, i'm sure was it's that great a, what was that experience like of almost like yeah Tell us. You know, it, it was initially it was exciting, but then I kind of sat down and was like, you know, then they interviewed my parents too. And then it was like, wow, like it's going to involve like the whole family. And then I was like, wait, do I really want this completely out in the open? Like yeah. everything. And I was kind of like, you know what? I think, I think I'm good. I think I'm, it's first of all, I think finding, finding love is such a it's such an intimate process already because it involves you know the work you're doing within your own self and then whatever's coming up with the other person and so that's already a lot i think then to capture that on camera mm-hmm. it's a lot to ask of a person um so i opted out but yeah, yeah. I, i'm what sure is it's the, a great show the the what director is, the is, is very well there's an indian matchmaker who basically you know exactly what it sounds match makes and um or makes matches and i guess they follow people out i don't know what ended up happening to them yeah do you get this or did you get the sense that you would have not have been allowed to keep anything off camera what what is that i don't understand the question like if uh it I don't know why I'm oh. having trouble articulating this because okay. it's, like, did you, so it sounds, if they interviewed your parents and stuff, it sounds like it would have been a very invasive process. And I'm saying, did you get the sense that if you agreed to it, you would have had to share everything with the camera? Well, crew? you know, um, it's, I, you know, obviously you, you share what you want to, but I, I just remember very clearly in the waiver that they wanted me to sign. It was basically like anything that we record, anything at all, like we, we're going to use, we have the right to use any and all of it. And so I was kind of, I was like, wow, that's kind of a lot because, you know, at least with podcasts and stuff, you can edit stuff. Someone Mm -hmm. says the wrong thing. You edit it out, like no harm, no foul. I just was. I wasn't involved in the creative process of it. So I felt uncomfortable with putting that much out there without having any say like, Hey, 
don't say, you know, I don't want that out there. Even though they said like, hey, we don't want to make you look bad or anything like that. But I was like, look, mm, uh, I, you know, like, I think I, I just will take responsibility and, and stop it there. Yeah. I mean, would you ever do reality TV? I feel like it's such a deal with the devil. I mean, it yeah. is like, it's definitely like a real, it's huge exposure, yeah. but like at what cost, you know? Yeah. So I yeah. don't know. I, I don't know. Um, What, who reached someone from a production company that was like making a show that was involved with um, Vanderpump Dogs reached out oh, to yeah. me at one point. Uh -huh. And I'm a big Vanderpump fan and a big dog <laughs> fan. So I was like, oh, my God, this could be very cool. <laughs> but something about it was something about the the way the email was like I showed it to a couple friends and they're like, no, they're going to make you look like an asshole. <laughs> so I just like didn't follow yeah, up on it. It was tricky. very clear. There, you know, it was, it's, they were looking yeah. for people. I, I think they were going to make fun of the people they cast. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. You know, this is why, I mean, it's so important to work with people you really trust, right? Like, yeah. it, at the end of the day, it really comes down to trust uh, in terms of why you decide to take a project on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I totally, it, it's hard to, it's like, I was a journalist for, for years. That's how I got mm -hmm. my start. And mm -hmm. so I wrote about people all the time and mm -hmm. I, and sometimes I could tell that people would be nervous or worried about how they were going to sure. come off or things like that. Yeah. And I always felt, I always wished and wanted them to trust me. And then yeah. now on the other side of it, occasionally that, you know, the times that, that I've been interviewed and people have written about me and then I've read it and I've thought, Oh, I don't, I don't like how they put that. Or I feel yeah. like I came off in this way that I don't like. Yeah. And it's, you know, I totally understand feeling hesitant to hand over the reins. I completely get yeah, that. Yeah, especially for something as intimate as finding a life partner yes. or finding love. You know, that is a lot. Yeah. I didn't have, I, I, yeah, it wasn't for me. Right. Yeah. Um, that's a very long answer to that <laughs> question. <laughs> but that's, that's really, have you talked about having been recruited for that? No, this is the first time okay. I actually have talked about it. <laughs> so that's just the, uh, yeah. he struck gold with that question then. Yeah, no, um, really. Okay. Joseph Patch says, what does she think of the whole Priyanka, Rosie O'Donnell screw up where Rosie oh. thought Deepak was Priyanka's dad? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was just thinking about that this morning. Uh, do you know, do you know about this? No. So, um, Nick Jonas and Priyanka Chopra were at, um, a restaurant, Nobu, um, and Rosie O'Donnell happened to be at the restaurant as well. And they met and she spoke to Nick Jonas and said something. And then she turned to Priyanka Chopra and said, oh, I know your dad. And she was like, who's my dad? And she's like, oh, um, he's, uh, you know, Deepak, da, 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 da. And she's like, oh, no, that's not my dad. Like, we have the same last name. But um, so... Later, Rosie O'Donnell publicly apologized for the mix-up. And then Priyanka Chopra was like, yeah, like, uh, that's fine. It was just a little awkward. But, like, if you had just Googled my name, you would have, you know, um, you know, you would have known, like, I'm not Deepak Chopra's daughter. And so I was thinking about this because I was like, God, there are so – I mean, it's so relatable. Like, I have had – people confuse me for other like Indian female comedians or, right. you know, not get my name right or whatever. I mean, it's a, it's a, 
it's a honest mistake, but it, it's just, I, I just very much was like, damn to the other, like, I was like, damn Priyanka Chopra. Like, I feel you, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I really feel your situation. And, uh, you know, I thought it was really interesting that Rosie O'Donnell decided to publicly apologize about that. Like, you know, that also adds another layer of, I don't know, like I, definitely accountability, but it's mm -hmm. also like, whoa, this is now this is kind of like turning into a thing, you know, and I'm sure there's going to be think pieces about like, you know, what does this mean about like race relations in America right. or whatever, like, but, uh, all I can say as someone who is named Priyanka, that I, I get what it's like to have your name confused with other people. But in this story, it was the Chopra part that mm -hmm. led to the confusion. Right. Um, but yeah, no, the struggle, the struggle for white folks to understand Indian names is real. <laughs> <laughs> Are you mistaken for other Priyankas? Well, there's not really a uh, a lot of other. Are you Priyanka's. mistaken people, for that, Priyanka? People, people don't mistake. <laughs> me. I mean, I'll have a taxi driver be like, "Hey, Priyanka, Priyanka Chopra." I'm like, "Yeah, not Priyanka Chopra, Priyanka Wally." Um, no, but there there were some other. When I was um, starting up in stand up comedy in mm -hmm. the Bay Area, there were a couple of other female comedians that were also um, working around the same time I was, and uh, there were definitely like other people that would confuse us. But we we didn't have similar names at all, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so I used to be on the Adam Carolla show. I was the news girl for a oh, while. Yeah. And then yeah, I was just on there like a few weeks or okay. like a week ago. Yeah. yeah. So Teresa Strasser was the uh -huh. news girl before me. And she and uh -huh. I look kind of similar. Uh -huh. And so guests who had just periodically been on were so they were convinced like, oh, I haven't seen you since the radio show. And yeah. I have to be like, I know this is, I didn't actually say all this, but yeah. in my head, I imagine saying like, I know this is crazy, but that was actually another person who looks <laughs> very much like me. It's like oh, almost yeah. my clone. I don't like, I don't, she and I don't think we're clones, but because like, I remember, uh, talking she and i were be, before i was on the adam carolla show there was another job that, with it she and i both auditioned for um and then i was talking to the producer like a few weeks sometime after about a different thing and i was like oh so who ended up getting it and he's like your clone because she had gotten oh. it so that's how much other people think we look alike so yeah i get that to other people it's confusing even though i don't think <laughs> yeah so I get no. it. it's weird yeah yeah, it is a it, um, yeah. it is a super awkward situation to be like, no, that's a completely other human being. Yes. Like with a whole other life <laughs> right. and a different parents and right. like everything. You yes. Know? But I mean, if I the, drive the point home, you're gonna feel totally weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's what was awkward about the Priyanka Chopra situation is because her father pa has passed away. Oh. So you know, that that must have been really weird to have someone be like, I know your dad. You know, it's like really like I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Awkward is definitely what it was. Yeah. All right. Let's do just me or everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? All right. Do you have a just me or everyone? Yeah. So... Yeah, I don't know if this is just me or everyone, but I journal. Mm -hmm. I journal a lot. Um, part of self-care. I can't journal unless I have this one specific type of pen. Otherwise, like, 
Like it's, it's like not good journaling. Like it's, it's just, it messes up my journaling to not use a specific type of pen. Is so it that's my, the type of pen or one pen? It's, it's the type. Okay. It's the type. Yeah. No, because I, obviously that pen, the ink yeah. would go in. Right. Yeah. No. So I have boxes of this one type of pen. Um, I love that. That can, that's, <laughs> that cannot be just you. I feel, hello, go on TikTok. There's probably like a hundred million TikToks devoted to specifics of pens. Um, what kind of pen is it? It's a, um, it's a Pentel RSVP pen. It's specifically oh, called the RSVP. I know pen. that pen. I think that's a good yeah, pen. I have actually. I have. I have one right here. Yeah. yeah. This is. It's this kind. I'm like such a fan. Yes. Oh yeah. That. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Is that? I have one. a similar one. It's not that. I have a. Um. Oh no. Maybe it's not. I. I might have insulted your pen. I'm sorry. I have a <laughs> Uniball Signo. This has been. The oh, kind of that pen one. Yeah. I've no. Been using that. Lately. I'm sorry. I, I've insulted I got your pen. it. No, but that would not fly. <laughs> like in my journal. No. Yeah. No. There's is, all these. Is that There's gel or rollerball? No, this is a rollerball. Okay. So, um, actually, wait, you know what? Is it a rollerball? It's actually like, what does it mean if it's, it has like the, the ink in this thing? So I don't think that's a rollerball. This is like an ink I think it's pen. a ballpoint. Oh. oh, does that? Okay, then that might be ballpoint. I think yeah, it's a ballpoint this, pen. Yeah, it's a Pentel RSVP fine ballpoint. With a with a cap, okay. That's the yeah. other thing. It has to be the removable cap. They have a clicky version, yeah. mm-hmm. but I can't use the clicky version. It has to be the one with the removable cap, and the cap has to be on the back, mm-hmm. and then I can journal. Yeah, no, There's this all makes sense. Something about the weight of the cap that sits on the hand that is conducive to journaling. Yeah. I mean, this so. is unusual for a doctor, right? Because doctors are supposed <laughs> to have terrible penmanship. <laughs> oh, not me, honey. No, <laughs> no, not here. No. Um, I'm impressed by this because really, I, okay, yes, cool. <laughs> because I am particular about pens. However, any sort of writing I do, I feel like I has to be on a computer uh, at this oh, point because wow. my hand gets so tired. Uh-huh, I really, uh-huh. I do not have patience to write stuff longhand. I wish I did. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah, no, I, I'm very old school with that. And I, I actually take pride in, you know, sometimes if I write for a long time, I get this little bump yes. on the finger and I'm like, that's, that's like a, it's like a battle scar. Mm-hmm. I like wear that bump with pride. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, can you write longhand? No, not really. Uh, I've, I think it's a combination of, you know, not doing it all that much. Mm-hmm. So when I do, it hurts. And then plus just like getting older and like bad wrists mm. from drumming and stuff, yeah. I think mm. is starting to get to me. So right. yeah, I can't mm. handle too much. Are you guys That's familiar fair. with that book, The Artist's Way by yeah. Julia Cameron? Mm-hmm. Um, she's all morning pages are supposed to be done longhand. She's all about how mm. like for the creativity to flow, it has sure. to be pen on paper. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah. then it's not going to flow for me because <laughs> maybe I should try to do it. I don't know why. There's just something about like, I can just maybe you get have the words to find out. the right pen. Maybe it's a pen problem. Maybe it's a pen thing. Yes. I mean, s- do not compromise. Do not settle for less. Like, find the one pen for you and then the the artistry will flow. New <laughs> reality show, pen matchmaker, pen, pen, <laughs> pen match. <laughs> oh my God. That would def there would be a very small devoted uh audience for that show. 
There are people that get it. Yeah. There are people out there that get it. And then do you have a, hey, go fuck yourself? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. So there, okay. And I I already came down on high fructose corn syrup, so I can't. Can I choose that one? Because I have another one. If you have Um, another one, let's do that one. Okay. So I have, um, I have this, uh, life-threatening nut allergy. Um, and there was this one time where I went to this restaurant. It was a Mexican restaurant and I ordered enchiladas and, um, they, for some reason, still to this day, I do not understand this, but this particular restaurant put walnuts over the enchiladas and yes, like, it's just like, to me, I am saying go fuck you to walnuts over the enchiladas because <laughs> yeah. who does that? Who does that? And seriously, traditionally, Mexican restaurants are probably one of the safer restaurants for people with nut allergies yeah. to go to. And so I ordered this enchilada not knowing that there would be walnuts over it. And I, you know, it turned into one of, one of those nights where I had to inject myself with Epi and it was like this whole thing. And you know what? I was just thinking about that today in preparation for this podcast. I'm like, you know what? Who the fuck puts walnuts on an enchilada? So I say, fuck you to walnuts over enchiladas because they should have no place over an enchilada. I don't care if you have a nut allergy or not. Walnuts and enchiladas, no. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. (laughs) So, yeah, that's insane. Was Was it like a fusion Restaurant? No, no. Here's the thing. It was not a fusion Mexican restaurant. It was a traditional Mexican restaurant. This is insanity. It was a this creative is the height choice. of insanity. Yeah. It was just a creative sh- choice made uh, or from a culinary perspective. Uh, but it to me, it doesn't even make sense. Right. You what, know? Were yeah. you like, mm, this is so good before your I, throat? I, no. You know, I, w- I love enchiladas. Let me be clear. Um, again, it's the cheese thing, right? Yeah. So I start, I'm so hungry and I'm like biting into it and I'm like, oh, this is so good. And then I was like, why do I feel like how I feel when I eat nuts? And then my throat started to close up and I got the chills that I usually Mm. get. And I was like, wait, what is going on here? And then I like digged into the enchilada and I found this little nut and I was like, is this really happening? Is there a walnut in, are there walnuts over these enchiladas? We talked to the waiter and the waiter's like, yeah, there's walnuts over the enchiladas. I was like, why wasn't this on the menu? This was years ago, by the way. I feel like there's now more awareness Uh around people's allergies. So like a restaurant, you know, probably wouldn't, they would put it on the menu and stuff. And so, you know, I was in college when this happened, but but you know, when I was thinking about what would I say, go fuck yourself right. to it was it's the concept of walnuts over enchiladas. No place. <laughs> I have no, no place. place. No. Uh, Priyanka, it was so lovely having you on the show. Thank you oh, so it was much. So lovely to be here, Allison and Tony. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for letting me bend your ear about water and TikTok and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Um, 
tell everyone where they can find you, what they should look out for, plug all your things. Yeah, totally. So uh, first thing, Hypochondriactor releases every Wednesday, uh, once a week, and we have a different celebrity with a different medical issue every episode. And Hypochondriactor can be found on all the podcast channels out there. And then you can find me on social media at Wally Priyanka. I'm on all the things except for TikTok. <laughs> As of now. As of you'll now. see you're not we'll see. eventually they'll come for you and then you'll we'll find see. yourself there um listen if you like what you're hearing which even if you don't please just make sure you're subscribed uh uh wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a nice review won't you because you know i'm in there checking i mean no i'm not i'm cool i don't care <laughs> definitely not trying to see if people are leaving five-star reviews but if you are please leave a five-star <laughs> one <laughs> uh, wherever you're, li- but you know, look, Apple podcast comments, um, helps out the show. Please leave them there. But I've recently become a, look, I've been doing this a long time, but I feel like it's fairly new that wherever you're listening, you can rate the podcast. So wherever you're listening, please rate them. Also check out my other podcasts, Upworthy Weekly comes out on Saturdays, Childish on Wednesdays. Uh, follow me on social media at Allison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram. Um, yeah. And, uh, Tony, what about you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at. Tony Thaxton and my podcast Bizarre Albums every Tuesday and that's it for now all right thank you again listeners thank you for listening I love you you matter goodbye hey do you know about the Allison Rosen show we had a good time but now we gotta go 